Amen. Getting glad you're here. Uh, think about this today. Look around today. Today we live in a very volatile day, and that, that's maybe just a word to describe it. We, we live in a day that's a very volatile day. Watch the news. Just watch how people interact with each other. Uh, we live in a time when people are mad, people are rude, people are hurried, people are stressed. People today are very, very quick-tempered. If you don't believe that, go drive around a little bit. Uh, people are quick to fly off the handle. People are quick-tempered. Uh, today, think about this. We live in, an, in a time when really common courtesy is gone. Uh, remember when there was just common courtesy? Uh, we, live, we live in a day when, when politeness is gone, when just being polite. You know what? You don't have to be wrong. You don't have to right, be right. You don't have to fly off the handle. What about just being polite to people? Uh, more than that, and probably the reason for that is this. We live in a day when people are just plain unhappy. And that's, that's really the day we're living in. We, we live in a day when, when people are just plain unhappy. I was looking at some statistics. Um, a 2017 Harris poll, they did a survey, and they say this. In 2017, 67% of adult Americans would report that they are unhappy with their life. 67% of adult Americans are saying, well, I'm unhappy with my life. Another poll was taken by, by CBS News, and they say this, 55% of adult Americans say that they are unsatisfied with their jobs. Now, that's more than just not liking their job. Uh, there's no worth in their job. They're not satisfied with the career or the work that they're doing. 55% of Americans. Another survey, a different subject, another survey says, 42% of adult Americans say they are not happy in their marriage. Almost half of the married people you know, when they're, when they're in this survey and they're able to honestly answer, say they are not happy in their marriage. And today you look around, people are discontent, they are disillusioned, they are defeated in the lives that they are living. And I think that's why we're so unhappy, why we're so quick-tempered. They are, they are disillusioned, they are defeated in the lives that they are living. Now, those are the facts. The question is this, why? why? How, is, how is that possible? And I want you to, to think about that for just a second. How in the world is that possible? In 2019, we have more stuff than any people on our planet have ever had. We've, our kids, our homes, we've got more stuff. We've got more things. We've got more money. We've got more entertainment. Uh, look at the TV. We've got 180-something channels. We've got better opportunities uh, in, in our jobs, in our education. We've got better opportunities. How is it with all of these things, with all of these advancements, that we are so unhappy as a people? And that, that's really a crazy thing to think about. All of the stuff we have, and we are so unhappy as a people. How in the world is that possible? Here is the answer I truly believe. Here is the answer. I believe that is due to the fact that today, Satan has robbed us of our purpose. That's what I believe. Satan has come, and he has stolen away from us our sense of purpose. And so here's the truth. And listen very carefully. Be clear in this. You will only find fulfillment in life. You will only find satisfaction in life. You will only find happiness in life when you are living in your purpose. 
And I believe that's the truth. You're not going to be satisfied with your life. You're not going to be happy with your life until you are living in your purpose. And so today when Satan has taken away our purpose in life, we're finding our life to be pointless. When he's taken away our purpose in life, we're finding our life to be meaningless. Well, today we're going to look at two points in, in our message today the Bible-driven man and his purpose. We're going to have two points today in the Bible-driven man and his purpose. Now, here's the first point. The first point is this. Today, Satan has robbed us of our purpose. Here's the first point. Your purpose comes from God. Your purpose comes from God. It is determined by God. Men, the, the reason that we aren't fulfilling our purpose the reason we're not living in our purpose, the reason we're not finding joy in our purpose today is this. We can't find our purpose. We don't really even know our purpose. And I wonder if we, we went around the room and said, you know, what is your purpose in life? Do you know what your purpose is? The kids that are leaving our home, do you know what your purpose is? We're not fulfilling our purpose. We're not finding joy in our purpose because we can't find our purpose. Listen, that is the plan of Satan. He, he comes along and he says this. This is the first thing he says. First thing Satan says is, you know, you know what? You have no purpose. We have now told three and a half or four generations that you're random, that you are, you're the result of a chemical reaction. We've, we've lined our kids up for three, four generations, and we've told them, you know what? You're the result of an evolutionary process. And so you have no purpose. That's, that's what we've trained our, our kids, our homes, our, our academia, all that's going back. You know what? You're, you're just the result of a chemical reaction. Something bumped into this and did this and that sparked and that's what evolved into you. And so because of that, you have no purpose. Listen very carefully today. Be sure of this. There is a powerful, wise creator God who intentionally created you with a purpose. Do you understand that's why we're teaching that, why Satan is infiltrated? We're robbing people of their purpose. Listen, there is a powerful, wise God who intentionally created you with a purpose. You're not random. You're created with a purpose set by the God who created you. That's a big thing. Listen, you, where you sit, God knows where you're at. He created you. You have a purpose, and it's found in God. It comes from God. First, Satan tells us we have no purpose, but then, then he does a trick on us and, and he says, You know what? If you think you have a purpose, he distorts what that purpose is. He changes what that purpose is. And so, you know what? We're, we're, we're chasing after, we're, we're following the wrong purpose. It's, it's an interesting thing, the book of Ecclesiastes. It's written by King Solomon, a very interesting thing. He's King David's son. It is a very profound book, and the craziest thing to me is that it's written 2,900 years ago. Now listen to that, not, not 90 years ago. It is written 2,900 years ago, and it's still happening today. It's still, it still is the truth today. Now, remember this, the account. Solomon writes, and he's writing there in the book of Ecclesiastes, and really it's the record of his search for fulfillment. And that's what it is. You read the book, it's, it's, his, it's his 
search for satisfaction. He's really trying to tell us that he's trying to find his purpose. Now, this is what he says, and I'll just summarize it. It's not that long, 12 chapters, but here's what he says across his book. He says, he has been the king in Israel. Now, he is the highest position in the land. Nobody has a higher position in the entire kingdom than he does. You know what he says? I have the position. I have the highest position. He says, I've been the king in Israel. He says this, I have acquired great wisdom. You know what? There there must be a purpose in learning. And so he, he tells us there that he assembled the most learned people. If there was a smart person two kingdoms over, he sent for them. He assembled the most learned people and he acquired all of the wisdom he could soak in. He says, you know what? I've had the position. I've acquired all the learning. Then he says this, he has worked. Now listen, there's, there's a sense of accomplishment when you work. There's a sense of, of, of satisfaction when you produce something. Well, he says, you know what? I have built walls and I've built roads and I've built houses and I've, I've expanded the kingdom and where this used to be the border, now this is the border and we've put together a tremendous army. He says, I have worked and I've accomplished many things. Then he says this, he's looked to the accumulation of wealth. Probably the greatest false hope of any age is, is, is that, you know what, I'm going to find hope in wealth. He says this, he turned to the accumulation of wealth. And he says this, you like your house? I have many houses. He says, you like a palace? Wouldn't that be great? I have many palaces. He says he has chariots, horses, Slaves. In fact, he has new slaves and old slaves, and the old slaves are raising new slaves. He says, I have planted vineyards. You know what? I want some new wine. I won't go buy a bottle. I'll plant a new vineyard. He says he has vineyards. He has gardens. He has silver and gold. He says, the kings of other countries, they lust after the silver and gold that I've possessed. He has money that is uncountable. Here's what he actually says. Anything my eyes beheld, I acquired. You ever go somewhere and you're looking around and say, you know what, I'd like to have that. I'd like to have that pickup. I'd like to have that thing. Ooh, man, that's pretty sharp. He says, I have acquired everything my eyes beheld. If I saw it and I had an inkling that I wanted it, I acquired that thing. Then he says this. He turned to pleasure. He turned to comfort. And here's what he says. He says he did whatever he wanted. He ate the greatest food. You know what? The the greatest food, he ate the greatest food. He says he drank wine. In fact, he says he tried to adjust his mind in the drinking of wine. He says he laughed, and he actually says he laughed to the point that people would have thought he was mad. He is laughing. He is is having the greatest time. He has entertainers. He says that. He has male singers. He has female singers. He has all the great entertainment. And then he says this, all of the women that you could ever want. All of the women, what he says, the pleasures of men, many concubine. He has all the women he could ever want. Any pleasure he has assembled for himself. 2,900 years later, today we would say Solomon was the most successful man ever. We, We would sit back today and we'd say, you know what? He did it all. He sought out, and he said, you know what, I want to learn everything I can learn, I learned it. I want to build tremendous things, I built all those things. I want to have wealth, he acquired all the wealth. He said, I want to have fun, he had all the fun. He actually pulled it off. 
There was nothing he did not do that he wanted to do. There was nothing that he did not have that he wanted to have. He actually pulled it off. I, I sit there and think, you know what? I don't, I don't know anybody that can say, you know what? He actually pulled it off. And we say, well, maybe Donald Trump or somebody. Listen, pales in comparison to this. He actually pulled it off. He, he did everything he set out to do. Every success in life was his. He actually pulled it off. And then here's the point to the book. What does he say then? He, he, he writes there for 11 chapters, I did it all. Did it all, acquired it all. Nothing I set my eyes on, I didn't get. He actually pulled it off. And what does he say? Listen to this. These are his exact words. A generation comes and a generation goes. The sun comes up and the sun goes down. The wind blows and returns from whence it came. The rivers return to the sea. Yet the eye is not satisfied with seeing and the ear not satisfied with hearing. And this is what he says. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Pulled it off. Did it all. And he says this. You know what? The sun comes up and the sun goes down another day. You know what? Some folks are born and we celebrate and we have a great, we have a great time. Old people pass away and we mourn. It's another day. And he says, I've done it all. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. The Hebrew word for vanity means empty. But I want you to see this. It's more than just empty. It's more than that. The Hebrew word for, for empty here means this. It was supposed to be something. But when you get it, or when you pick it up and look at it, it's just a shell. It's empty. That, that's the exact Hebrew understanding. So it's not just saying, hey, there's an empty bucket over there. It says, no, it looks like it's something. It looks like there's something in it. But when you get there and you pick it up and you look into it, it is actually just a shell and it's empty. Solomon says this, all of it, all of it, it was empty. Friends, let me tell you this. If you do not know your purpose in life, you will run and you will run and you will run and you will live and you will live and you will live and you will chase and you will chase and you will chase. And, and if by chance you were to grow old, you'll get all the way to the end and you will have done all those things and you'll stand there in your old age and you'll say, it was empty. It looked like something. It looked like something that had a lot of promise. Oh, I bought the farm next to me and the farm next to that. I had, a, I had cattle on a thousand hills. You know what? My bank account was full. You know what? I had all the fun. I had all the stuff. My relationships are good. And I chased and I chased and I chased. And if you're lucky, you'll stand there in your old age and you'll say, it, it looked like it was something, but it was empty. Your purpose comes, listen, from the gracious, wise God who created you. That's where your purpose comes from. Not in the world, not in yourself. Your purpose comes from God. So that's the first point. Your purpose comes from God. Now this, the second point I think is pretty awesome. It sounds very similar. In fact, it sounds the same, but it's vastly different. Your purpose comes from God. That's the first point. Here's the second point. Your purpose is found in God. 
Different word. Your purpose comes from God. He created you as your creator. For sure he has your purpose. Your purpose comes from God. Don't look anywhere else. But listen, your purpose is in God. Our purpose, my purpose, is in God. Very telling. At the end of the book of Ecclesiastes, Solomon has come to this conclusion. He says this, I have looked and I have looked and I have looked. I pulled it off more than any person. I pulled it off. I have looked and I have looked. And here's what he says. Chapter 12, verse 13. Listen very carefully. The conclusion, when all has been heard, is fear God and keep his commandments. Because this applies to every person. He's looked, he's looked, he says this. The conclusion, when all has been heard. Now what that means is this. The end place. The end of it all, the end of it all, the conclusion when all has been heard. Now what that means is when it's all been examined, when it's all been spoken, when it's all been said, when you get all the way to the end, the conclusion is this. Fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. The end of it all, listen, fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person. We're going to have to look at these words to understand that the word fear here, fear God in the Hebrew, the original language means this, to stand in awe of. Now I want you to try to picture this. To be astonished with. To stand in awe of, to be astonished with, it means to honor and to revere, to give reverence to. What that means is this. We are to live in awe of God. We are to live astonished by God. We're to to wake up in the morning and say, man, look at that sun coming up over there and look at this over here. Look at the majesty of these trees. Look at the blessing of these kids in my home. We're to live in astonishment with God. Look at the the Savior I have in Jesus Christ. Look at the blessings untold. We're to live in amazement with our God. Now let me tell you this. That'll only happen in two ways. First is this. It only happens when you know God by faith in Jesus Christ. You will not be astonished with God. You might see some stuff and be impressed, but you will not live in astonishment with God until you have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. The second way is you know God through his word. You're only going to know God as you spend time in his word. You will be astonished with God when you have a relationship with him through faith in Jesus Christ and when you have become a man of his word and you know God through his word. Your purpose is to know God, to see him, to hear him, to know what he's like. That's your purpose, to know what God is like, to know what his character is, to know what his heart is. And then as you do, you won't be able to to understand that. You'll be astonished with that. You'll be amazed with that. That's your purpose, to know God. That's your purpose, to be in amazement with God. And then it says the last of the verse, and keep his commandments. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand that. Fear God, revere God, and keep his commandments. Now, understand this. It's not talking about following his rules. Your purpose is to follow the rules. That's not what it's talking about. The Hebrew word is the word code. Keep his code. Another translation is his precepts. So understand, it's not talking about keeping his rules. It is to live knowing God and to live as God has directed. 
That is your purpose in life. To live knowing God and to live as God has directed. That is your purpose. Rich or poor. You know what? I'm too poor. I can't do that. Listen, rich or poor. Know God and live according to his purpose. Job or no job. You know what? My job didn't turn out. I hate my job. In fact, I'm dissatisfied with my job. Listen, job or no job, know God and live according to his direction. Good times or bad times. Man, if you knew the bad things that happened to me the last year, the last two years, you wouldn't be able to, to say all that. Listen, good times or bad times, know God and live according to how God has directed. Health or no health. Man, I I wish I felt good again. I'm sick of this sickness. Listen, health or no health, know God and live according to how he's directed. Young or old. Oh, I wish that I was young again. I would do it all over. Oh, if I was old and had their wisdom. Listen, young or old, 22 or 92, know God and live according to how God has directed. Men, those things are going to happen. It's funny how we just keep going in circles. When we become men of God's word. You want to know God's character? Here's where you're going to find it. You want to know God's direction? You're going to find it right here. Your purpose is to know God and to live as he is directed. Let me tell you, I hear that. I'm 47 years old. I see how time goes by very quickly. You're 26 and you're 47. Time's just clicking by. I hear all that, and I read what Solomon did, and I hear what I, just, what I just said to you, and I think, you know what? I want to live like that. I want to live like that. I want to live in astonishment with God. I don't want, I don't want to get so bogged down in the garbage on TV about things they're going to build or not build and parties are going to say this and who's that and, and what's going on. I don't want to worry about that. I don't want to worry about these things that are going to pass away. I want to live knowing God. And living as he's directed me. Wouldn't you like to live like that? When I was a kid, there was a guy, he's still, he's still working, he's an old guy now, he's, he was pretty old I thought then, named Boots O'Neill. And, and he had worked for a long time on the Wagner Ranch and he took a job with a farmer on my road and he, he took care of his cattle. And he took care of all of his cattle and, and he was up and down the road all the time. He was driving this old Dodge pickup and I was, I was about a fifth grade kid, and somehow, I don't know, a cow got over on us, and I got in with him one day, and I rode with him for a couple of hours, and then after that, I would see him, and I'd pull over, and I'd get with him, and, and we'd go check this, and we'd go look at this, and I, I spent all that time uh, talking to him and, and talking about what was going on, and as a fifth grade kid, he said something I've never forgotten, and he said something that, that has, has said, you know, that has just intrigued how, how I would like to live my life. He said this to a fifth grade kid. He said this, you know what? I hate to go to bed at night and I can't wait to get up in the morning. And as a fifth grade kid, I thought, you know what? That's the way to live. That is the way to live. Wouldn't you like to have such a purpose that you go to bed at night and you got to grab your pillow just to stay there? Dad gum, I got things to do. Ooh, it's awesome. I've got I've to get here and rest up. And wouldn't you like to wake up in the morning and, and throw your sheets back and step out of your bed and say, I have a purpose that matters. I can't stay here any longer. I hate to go to bed at night, and I can't wait to get up in the morning. Wouldn't you like to live like that? You know how you do it? You know God. You live according to how he's directed. Your purpose is from God. 
Your purpose is in God. Glad you're here. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us to a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. We're thankful for you. We're thankful for the hope that we have today. We're thankful that you forgive us. All of us here, we've messed up terribly. Uh, we've turned, gone our own way, and yet you forgive us. You love us. As fast as we confess and repent, you forgive us. You restore us. We're thankful for that. We come today, and I'm telling you, Lord, we're thankful for such a marvelous God, for such a marvelous salvation, for such a tremendous Savior. We stand in astonishment of you. I pray that that grows today. Lord, I pray that we would have ears to listen to how you're directing. And the purpose of our life would be eternal. The, the days of our life would matter. And, and just like that, that old cowboy, we would hate to go to bed at night. We couldn't wait to get up in the morning because we serve an eternal purpose. Lord, we, we come today and we just tell you thank you. We tell you we love you. We tell you we praise you. I pray for the men in this room. Bless them, encourage them, lead them, and use them. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.